0: The Archbishop of San Francisco has informed Nancy Pelosi that her public support for abortion constitutes a grave and mortal sin, and therefore she is not to receive Holy Communion until she repents, confesses her sins, and receives absolution, as the church has taught consistently for 2,000 years. But the self-styled, devout Catholic, Nancy Pelosi, has rejected her bishop's instruction, just as she has rejected other essential non-negotiable teachings of the church to which she allegedly belongs. Pelosi's behavior has left many people confused, which is why we are so fortunate to have noted theologian and doctor of the church, Whoopi Goldberg, to help clear up the finer points of Catholic theology.
1: The abortion rights battle is starting to blur the lines between church and state. The Archbishop of San Francisco... Mm. It's calling for Speaker Nancy Pelosi to be denied receiving communion because of her pro-choice stance. He's one of the priests who also called for President Biden to be denied sacrament. This is not your job, dude. <laughs> that is not, you can't, that is not up to you to make that decision.
0: Okay, we have to stop right there. We will get to the rest of what she said, but we have to stop there because maybe Whoopi we'll is confused or I don't know. That is literally his job. <laughs> That, that, that it is his job to make that decision. That is what a bishop is. That's what a bishop does. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg might not know that because she's not Catholic. Uh, No one is really sure what Whoopi Goldberg believes. She has said that she feels Jewish, uh, which would explain why she took a Jewish stage name. But she, her name is not Goldberg. That's not the name she was born with. I think it's Johnson. Uh, She's not Jewish. She doesn't practice Judaism. Nevertheless, nevertheless, she, she, a fake Jew is now going on to pontificate on Catholic Eucharistic theology.
1: What is the saying? It's kind of amazing. Uh, but, you know, what is the point of communion, right? It's for uh, sinners. It's the, for, the, for sinners. It's the reward of saints, but the bread of sinners. How dare you? How dare you? That is, if Pope Francis says that that's the issue.
0: Now, despite Whoopi's slam poetry, and regardless of the media's favorite one-liners from Pope Francis, that's not what the church teaches. The church teaches and has always taught for 2,000 years that before receiving Holy Communion, Catholics must confess our mortal sins, and we must repent and then confess, and then we can receive Communion. Sometimes we sin, we don't make it to confession. On those Sundays, faithful Catholics choose not to receive Communion because if we did, we would, in the words of St. Paul, be eating our own damnation. Now, listen, you might not believe any of that. You might not believe all of it. You might not believe any of it. Nancy Pelosi might not believe all that. Whoopi Goldberg might not believe all of that. Okay. No one is forcing these people to be Catholic. If if they think that it's all a bunch of baloney, why are all these libs so insistent that Pelosi be allowed to receive communion in a state of unrepentant mortal sin? If they think that the church is wrong, and not just wrong, but wrong on essential teachings, unchangeable teachings, like the teaching on abortion, then why do they care so much about the Catholic sacraments? The answer is clear. Leftism is its own religion. Abortion is its sacrament. And the libs want their blasphemy blessed. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Aaron Stanger who says, I'm still waiting for the murder hornets. I know, I know. It was easy. We were so afraid of COVID and then Omicron and net neutrality repeal and now the monkeypox and the global warming. It was easy to forget that we were also all going to be killed by the murder hornets, but yeah, the murder hornets never really materialized, nor did the Sun Monster, nor did, you know, the the 17th variation of COVID that was going to wipe out the earth. No, none of those things happened. Now we all brace ourselves for the monkeypox. And when I brace myself for the apocalypse, you know I'm going to do it in style. That's why I wear my Mizzen and Main. Right now, go to MizzenandMain.com, use promo code Knowles. I absolutely love these guys. Mizzen and Main has not only extremely soft, comfortable fabrics, they've got really chic designs. They just look cool. I wear Mizzen in Maine. I feel like I'm ready to go walk in the south of France or something. It's, it's very athletic, so you're not going to sweat through it, especially if you're a perspiring Italian like myself. They've got the fit and style of a custom dress shirt, polo shirts, dress shirts, Oxford shirts, lightweight, breathable, moisture wicking. They will have you looking great and feeling great. And then their dress shirts are machine washable. You skip those trips to the dry cleaner, you save a ton of time, you save a ton of money. Mizzen and Main might have gotten famous for their dress shirts. They now also have incredibly comfortable flannels, no-tuck shirts, performance polos. That's probably my favorite, the performance polos. Chinos, they have everything. I love these guys. And most importantly of all, the style looks amazing. Whether you are working from the golf course or finally taking advantage of that unlimited vacation policy, we've got good news. Right now, if you go to MizzenandMain.com, use promo code Knowles, you'll save 35 bucks off any regular price order over $125. bucks. That is $35 off when you go to M-I-Z-Z-E-N-A-N-D-M-A-I-N.com. Use promo code Knowles. I don't want to bore you with Catholic theology. I, I do have to correct what Whoopi Goldberg is saying, and I know that it's probably the biggest news story going on right now because you finally got pushback against the Speaker of the House of Representatives on this essential question of abortion, biggest topic in the country right now. But I don't want to bore you with Catholic theology if you're not interested in it, you don't have any desire to become Catholic or practice the faith or anything like that. So then why do all of these non-Catholics take such a big issue about it? Why? Why does Whoopi Goldberg care? Why does Pelosi care? Why does Joe Scarborough care? Joe Scarborough, very much not a Catholic, just took to his soapbox on MSNBC to excoriate the Catholic Church for enforcing its 2,000-year-old teachings.
1: This past weekend, the San Francisco Archdiocese has banned Nancy Pelosi, who we're having on the show tomorrow, Speaker of the House, from receiving communion. Mm. She's a staunch Catholic, uh, but, but because of her stance on abortion, they've banned her. We'll be asking her about that, but this is wow. this is where we're going at with all of this. A lot of opportunities well, yeah, for know, the Democrats, you know, but a lot of
2: challenges. Mika, the Catholic Church, really, the priests in the Catholic Church really do have a lot of room to stand to stand on their high horse and be self-righteous towards parishioners who have been faithful yeah, we'll parishioners for right decades, <laughs> who actually stayed with it through a, 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 a crisis where priests abused okay. uh, thousands and thousands of children and passed children around yeah. from one church to another church, from one diocese to another diocese. It went all the way up to the top, and they are being self-righteous and telling Nancy Pelosi that she can't take communion, they should thank God that Nancy Pelosi has remained a Catholic through their torrent of of the most grotesque
0: sins imaginable. The, The Catholic Church should thank God that Nancy Pelosi, an unrepentant sinner who is flouting the essential teachings of the church, is violating the instructions of her bishop because of the sex scandal in the church, which obviously was real. But as studies have shown, sex abuse is no more prevalent in the Catholic church than it is in any other religion. And it's certainly no more prevalent than it is in the secular leftist society. It's actually much less prevalent. Children are much, much, much more likely to be sexually abused by teachers in public school than they would be by a Catholic priest. The numbers are not even close. And furthermore, why does Joe care? Why is Joe getting so worked up about this? Why is he getting worked up about a bishop of a church that he does not believe in, enforcing the teachings of that church, the consistent 2000-year-old teachings, on one of the parishioners, on one of the other Nominal members of the lay faithful. Again, the church that Joe Scarborough does not belong to, of the faith that he does not believe in. Why is he? Why are all the libs so bizarrely obsessed with Nancy Pelosi being able to break the rules of the Catholic Church, and in such a way that will actually harm her mortal soul if the Catholic religion is true? This is the question for me with Pelosi. This, to me. I think dispels all of the media contrived pity party for Nancy Pelosi here. Why does Pelosi so badly want to receive the communion in a state of unrepentant mortal sin? If, if the Catholic faith is true, then what the Archbishop is doing is helping Nancy Pelosi. It is for her protection. And we know Nancy Pelosi just went. she went to mass in DC on Sunday, she received Holy Communion in contravention of what the Bishop of San Francisco, her home home parish, said. But if if Nancy Pelosi does not believe in the Catholic faith, if she thinks the Catholic Church's teachings on abortion, which go back 2,000 years, which remain unchanged and, according to the catechism, unchangeable, you can never change it, then that means that Nancy Pelosi thinks that the faith is false. If Nancy Pelosi thinks the faith is false, why does she care about receiving the sacraments? She doesn't believe in the sacraments then. So what's it to her? If, on the other hand, she believes that the faith is true, then surely she should follow the faith and the faith is true on this unchangeable essential teaching on abortion and she should repent because she's imperiling her soul. She should do what the bishop is telling her to do because the bishop is trying to help her. Maybe the Catholic faith is true or false. You know, I think it's true. Maybe Nancy Pelosi doesn't. Maybe you don't. Whether it's true or not, whether Nancy Pelosi's faith is sincere or insincere, the, the craziest thing about this whole controversy is that there is no circumstance, there is no combination of any of those things in which Pelosi's actions are justified. It's so. It, so I, I wondered to myself, why? Why is she so insistent? Why is Joe Scarborough? Why are Whoopi Goldberg? Why are they so outraged by this? It is because you're seeing a, a real conflict of religions here. Christianity versus leftism. And it's a battle between these two faiths, a battle between these two churches. And, and what the libs are demanding, what the pro-abortion people are demanding, is that the Catholic faith surrender, and Christianity broadly, surrender. That's what they want. Abortion is the sacrament. As Peter Christ says, abortion even uses the same words as the Holy Communion, this is my body, except to a blasphemously opposite meaning. And what the libs are, the the reason that all these non-Catholic, liberal people, heretics, schismatics, apostates, all these people, the reason they care so much is that they are insistent that their blasphemous sacrament of their unholy religion of leftism be blessed by the spiritual authority that's existed for 2,000 years. Got to protect ourselves, folks. When you want to protect your home, you got to check out Ring. Ring. Right now, go to ring.com slash Knowles. You know how much I love Ring. These guys have been with us almost since the very beginning of this podcast. You know about their video doorbell. I hope you have it by now. If you've got the video doorbell, you can see and speak to whoever is on your doorstep, whether you're in the home, outside the home, on the beach, on the other side of the world. Then they've got Ring Alarm. This is this whole home protection to keep track of your, your windows, your doors, your everything, the physical home. Now they've gone pro. That's right. CNET calls Ring Alarm Pro a giant leap for home security because it protects your physical home and your digital home. You spend so much of your life digitally, virtually. It protects your Wi Fi router, your data. It's just great. It's a whole home protection from freeze, fire, flood, the bad guys, and all those people who want your data. With a Ring Protect Pro subscription, which is a great deal, by the way you get professional monitoring for the ultimate peace of mind. If anything happens, professional monitoring will call you and can request emergency services. I totally love these guys. I totally trust Ring. They make me feel much more secure in my own home. To learn more, go to ring.com slash Knowles, ring.com slash CNN's Dana Bash has taken arguments for abortion to a really, really new level. You know the libs are they've tried to make some religious arguments they're really going after the catholic arguments right now they're they're trying to insinuate that pope francis somehow is pro abortion which is not true pope francis says abortion is murder and uh, it's comparable to hiring a hitman to kill your enemies so okay the religious arguments that's, that's not going to work for the libs so now they're they're moving to economic arguments cnn's dana bash just had the governor of arkansas asa hutchinson on who is pro life and dana bash made the argument that If we get rid of Roe v Wade, if we outlaw abortion, there might be more poor people.
3: Arkansas already struggles to support vulnerable children. Nearly one in four children in Arkansas lives in poverty. More than 4,600 kids are already in your state's overloaded foster care system. Do you really think that your state is prepared to protect and care for even more children if abortion does become illegal there?
0: That argument that Dana Bash is making to to Asa Hutchinson could be reduced to three words. Kill the poor. (laughs) That's what she's saying. She's saying that's what we're doing right now. She's saying thanks to abortion, poor people uh, can have have the opportunity to kill their children before they're born into the world and, and go on the public dole and we the taxpayers have to support them. So they have that option now to just kill the poor while they're still cute little babies and they don't grow up and take too much money from the taxpayer. So Governor Hutchinson, if we get rid of abortion, are you really prepared to feed the poor? Are you really prepared to to let the poor live? Asa Hutchinson, who's kind of a squishy Republican, a little bit dumbfounded there though. <laughs> Dana, is that really the argument you're making? That really is the argument that she's making. That's, I remember these arguments because I used to make them when I was a teenager, because I read those stupid freakonomics arguments and all the fashionable liberal arguments. And this is what they come down to. They say, you know, look, people born in the inner cities, you know, they can become criminals. These are not great areas. So let's just, places where the abortion rate is kind of high, let's just keep it up because it's, it's going to reduce the crime rate. It's going to reduce welfare spending. That's why we need to kill innocent little babies is they might come up to be sort of a burden to us that is really evil thinking. <laughs> that is, when you think about it in the light of day, that is really some evil stuff. And it's so selfish. And that's what this whole abortion issue comes down to. Selfishness versus charity. I, no matter how you slice the abortion issue, it comes down to my selfishness to have sex whenever I want without consequence. My selfishness to control my own body at all times and not be inconvenienced at all, even if the alternative is killing an innocent little baby. The selfishness to pursue my own whims and desires and career and never sacrifice anything, not even for my own child. The selfishness to get to keep all of my money and not have to feed my little baby and not have to clothe my little baby and not have to put my baby in school. The selfishness to, to be able to pick up at a moment's notice and drop every responsibility in the world. That's all it comes down to. Me, me, me. All through the night, I, me, my, I, me, my, I, me, my, my rights. Never do you hear any argument for one's obligation to one's own child. Never do we hear how, how wonderful the sacrifice is. Anyone who's a parent out there listening knows that having kids requires a lot of sacrifice. You sacrifice your sleep, first of all. You sacrifice your body, certainly if you're a woman. You sacrifice a lot of your money. You sacrifice a lot of your time. You might sacrifice part of your career. and You, you sacrifice all these things, and it's wonderful. You wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. It's so, but we don't, we don't talk about that. Or, you, don't, you I'm sorry, we don't hear about that from the pro-abortion movement. They seem not to understand that. What is the pro-life argument? The pro-life argument doesn't deny that you've got to sacrifice things. The pro-life argument doesn't deny that pregnancy is inconvenient and uncomfortable sometimes. Pro-life movement doesn't deny that kids take a lot out of you. But the pro-life movement just says it's worth it. We we talk about the right to life, but more we just talk about our natural obligations. More we talk about charity. More we talk about what it what it means to to have responsibility to our fellow citizens, and especially to our kids. Totally foreign to the people on CNN. Ugh! Gosh, if we let if we don't kill these babies in the womb, they might be poor and icky and yucky. Ugh! Then we'll have to. We might even have to pay for them. So awful. Speaking of poverty, speaking of not caring about our fellow citizens. of San Antonio retailers reported being completely out of baby formula last week. Local news outlet reported that parents in San Antonio are struggling the most in the United States to get formula that their babies need, with 56% of retailers reporting empty shelves. Not just that the supply is low, totally empty. This is a failure of national policy. This is part of the reason, by the way, why the Democrats are hemorrhaging support right now. Because the Democrats are, and, and the elite Republicans too, but especially the Democrats. The Democrats are focused on transgenderism in schools. The urgent national need to chop off kids' genitals and put them on puberty blockers. The urgent national need to stop the sun monster. Climate change, that's the most pressing need. The urgent need to stop oil contracts in Alaska and elsewhere in the country so that we can have more electric cars. The urgent national need to get involved in the war in Ukraine That because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, a conflict that's going been going on for a thousand years. The urgent national need to put everything on hold. To, the urgent national need to let millions of illegal aliens cross the border. And then by the way, ship baby formula down to them before American citizens get it. And regular American citizens uh, all around the country of every race, color, or country of origin, the, they're looking at this and they're saying, what the hell is wrong with you people? A national policy that does not address people's basic needs, not the Not the need to mutilate our bodies to pretend to be the other sex. That's not a basic need. It's not a need at all, actually. Not the need of people to redo all of their automobiles so that you can go along with your sun monster cult. That's not a basic. That could even have some enhancement to society in the future. I don't think it will, but maybe it could. But it's not a basic need. Food, money, shelter. These are kind of basic things. Jobs. These are basic things and the national policy is not addressing them. National policy should be aimed at the common good of citizens. This is really basic stuff. Joe Biden used to get this. Joe Biden used to understand this. He, Joe Biden, 15 years ago, certainly Joe Biden 20 years ago, talked like a Republican today. There was a clip that was going around of Joe Biden. I, I don't know how long ago. It's probably about 20 years ago. Joe Biden talking about Marriage. talking about the issues that the American people should be talking about. You sounded kind of like a Republican.
2: We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going
0: on here? It's like looking at a different man. It's like, one, because he's semi-coherent and it can at least form English sentences there. But two, because he's saying things that are mostly normal. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm complimenting Joe Biden too much. He was always a hack. And he was just trying to distract from good conservative priorities here. The conservatives at the time were trying to pass a constitutional amendment to codify the definition of marriage because they knew that the Supreme Court would get kind of funny with things and overturn the Defense of Marriage Act, which is exactly what happened. And Joe Biden here very disingenuously, or at least very stupidly, is saying that that would not happen. But just listen, he's talking about, he's saying, look, everyone's afraid of catching this flu. Well, we need to go out there and stop people from catching this flu. We We need to make sure that we take care of the basic needs of the American people, not talk about these extraneous things that no one cares about. That guy's gone. So how did Joe Biden, who used to be a somewhat practical guy, used to be somewhat more moderate, used to talk to really basic issues. How did he become this current guy? The problem for Joe Biden is he doesn't actually believe anything. So obviously, he's changed his view on marriage. He's changed his view on abortion. He's changed his view on anything, on anything that is convenient for him. He wakes up in the morning, licks his finger, puts it in the air, figures which way the wind is blowing, and then that d- determines what he is going to believe that day. And the, the problem for that is you, you, you're never sturdy on anything, if you, if you have a political vision that's a sort of systematic, and you've really thought through things, then even during tough times, you'll hold firm. You might pull through. You're, you're, you're leading your country. In, in this case, Joe Biden, he, because he doesn't believe anything, he can't lead at all. And so he's going to blow where the urgent popular winds go, and that almost always leads you to disaster. Just look at the economy right now. Look at immigration. Look at foreign policy. Look at Look at everything in the country right now, and look at Joe Biden's poll numbers. You see, if only he could get that guy back, if only he could get back to being even somewhat almost possibly a little bit reasonable. But he can't. He can't. And so when we want to plan for the future, we really need to make sure to look into Alto IRA. Right now, go to altoira.com slash Michael. Do you own any Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano? Do you own some other cryptocurrency? If you don't, and you're not sure where to start, you have got to check out Alto IRA. That's that's where you start. Do not make mistakes. Other people make mistakes when they just try to do crypto on their own. Alto offers alternative investment opportunities like private companies, crypto funds, real estate, venture capital, and more. Alto IRA in particular is a great way to start investing and trading in crypto. Here's the key, with a tax-advantaged retirement account. No commissions, no paperwork. Alto makes investing in crypto incredibly easy. Create an account in just a few minutes and invest with as little as 10 bucks. No setup charges. Just create your account, transfer funds, and start investing. Through Alto's integration with Coinbase, you get secure trading 24-7, 150-plus available coins on their interface, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Alto offers industry-leading security, the advanced encryption standard for wallets and private keys. They've got lots of terrific investment opportunities and multiple ways to fund your wallet. Open an Alto Crypto IRA account with as little as 10 bucks. Go to altoira.com Michael. That's A-L-T-O-I-R-A.com Michael. Start investing in cryptocurrency today. As you know by now, the event of the summer backstage live at the Ryman Auditorium is back on June 29th. It's at the Ryman in Nashville, Tennessee. Due to historic demand, we have opened up some more tickets to the event. So there is still time to get in on the fun and watch your Daily Wire hosts live and unfiltered. What is Backstage Live like? Well, I'm glad you asked. Check it out. Welcome
1: to the Daily Wire Backstage Live at the famous Ryman Hunter.
0: It was amazing, we were in the presence of greatness. The energy of having everyone on the same page was amazing. If your family member is still waiting for Fauci to give them permission to leave their house, it might be time to cut that off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited to meet all of them. I love everybody's opinion individually. I don't have a favorite, I like them all.
1: I had found out a way to make football players cry
0: in high school. My high school experience would be a lot I'm just excited to be here and be surrounded by like-minded people and to just, you know, feel that energy. Who should we remove from office? Yeah, if you one politician. One. The most powerful politician in the country. <laughs> Dr. Fauci. <Yeah>. Dr. <laughs> what are you
2: talking about? We're doing culture here. I'm so thrilled to see this happening. If they say
0: to half of the country, you can't, that half of the country needs to say, screw you, we will. Backstage Live happens right here in Nashville on June 29th. Get your tickets now. This year, we're going even bigger. So get your tickets for Backstage Live today dailywire.com slash Ryman. You will not want to miss it. We'll be right back with a lot more. It's not just Biden. The entire Democrat Party leadership is so thoroughly dishonest. And we don't always find it out for sure at the time. Sometimes it takes a little while, months or years, to have definitive proof of the corruption of these Democrats in particular. I'm not letting Republicans off the hook totally, but the Democrats are a lot worse. It's just the way it is. It's just a fact. Well, we finally found out something that those of us with two brain cells to rub together have suspected for six years now. Who do you think was behind the Russia hoax? Who do you think was behind it? Was it the Russians behind it? Was it the British? Was it the FBI? could have been. Was it this? Was You know who it was. It was Hillary. Of course it was Hillary. It was Hillary all along. And we suspected it. And we knew it in our heart of hearts. And the media said, oh, that's a crazy conspiracy theory. That's crazy. You crazy, kooky conspiracists, you think that Hillary is behind every problem. She's the boogeyman. Nope. Do you know how I know that Hillary was behind it? Because her campaign manager just said so. Hillary's campaign manager, Robbie Mook, just testified as a witness in special counsel John Durham's trial of Michael Sussman. Michael Sussman, who is the lawyer accused of lying to the FBI about this whole Russia hoax. In September 2016, Michael Sussman took claims of a secret Donald Trump connection to the Russians, to Russia's Alpha Bank, to the FBI. So it's not just that he took the claims to the press. It's not just that he took these claims to Twitter. He took them to the FBI, and then he lied. He said he was not acting on behalf of any client. That was not true. He was working for Hillary. He was doing it for Hillary. So Robbie Mook, along with Hillary's policy advisor, Jake Sullivan, who is now the national security advisor for Joe Biden, along with Jennifer Palmieri, the comms director for Hillary, along with John Podesta, the spirit cooking campaign chairman for Hillary, gave this cooked up nonsense to a reporter. Hillary was personally asked about this and personally approved it. The story then appeared in Slate. Slate is a left-wing website. The left-wing website naturally didn't do any due diligence, didn't do any actual investigative work on this. They just took the Clinton campaign's claims as gospel truth. Then on Halloween 2016, Mr. Sullivan issued a statement mentioning the Slate story, saying, quote, this could be the most direct link yet between Donald Trump and Moscow. Then Hillary tweeted Jake Sullivan's statement statement with this comment, quote, computer scientists have apparently uncovered, listen to that word, computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based bank. Now, in true Clintonian fashion, you could argue she didn't technically lie here because of that word apparently. <laughs> and it, it appeared that way. It was apparently so because the Clinton campaign was lying about it. So it's true. It did kind of appear that way. It's just that they set the whole thing up. It was completely fake news. And Hillary herself directed it. She was at the top of the whole thing. And it, also in true Clintonian fashion, they're saying this is old news. What the Clintons always do, and other Democrats have learned to emulate this, they lie, 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 lie. They keep getting accused. They lie, 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 lie. They keep. There's new evidence. They lie, lie, lie. Finally, it's proven that they actually did what they said they didn't do. And then they say it's old news. <laughs> they say, what are you talking about? Oh, come on. That's from 2016. Yeah, but you've been lying about it since 2016. Yeah, nah, man, water under the bridge, whatever whatever, come on, move on, move along, the whole thing. The central event that basically undermined Donald Trump's presidency, that cast his entire presidency as illegitimate, this grave threat to our democracy that the libs always love talking about, was just completely cooked up by Hillary Clinton and then fed illegally to the FBI. That was it. It was all Hillary, and Robbie Mook just spilled the beans. I feel bad for Robbie Mook. Something tells me Robbie Mook is about to have a real bout of depression. You know, he's—I don't think he's ever been depressed before, but he might. He's going to end up really depressed, and I hope this doesn't happen. But he might end up, you know, sadly, uh, suiciding himself with seven bullets in the back of the head and a couple cinder blocks on his feet and down at the bottom of the East River. That. Has been known to happen to people who cross Hillary Clinton. Watch out for any suspicious FedEx men, Robbie. Do not, mate. Watch out if you even if if the person's got a mustache and kind of Groucho glasses. If they've got those arc inciding kind of eyes, run run in the other direction, Robbie, please. Now, this actually brings me to a place, A little bit of a side note, but go with me for a second. You know, I, I usually. Make fun of the view and those cackling hens on the view because they, they do express views that are very popular on the left, but they're completely incoherent. Well, in fairness, because a stopped clock is right twice a day, because I try to be as fair as I can to my opponents, Joy Behar said something the other day that really struck a chord with me that is, that is completely true. And it's on this point of snitching, of disloyalty.
1: NPR doesn't want the covid to spread. Yeah. So they're telling their people if you're a fellow employee sitting there without a mask, I want to hear about it. Report it to HR. I think I would never do that. I'm Italian. We don't snitch. <laughs> yeah.
3: Cuz snitches get snitches. We don't snitch. No, look, I think it's a good thing because <laughs> okay. we've been terrible to each other during this uh, pandemic. I, I, I think, you know, remember Patty LuPone was, was uh, mm-hmm. yeah. at the theater and she had to really dress someone down, yeah. a theater goer, and saying, you know, protect us. We're here without our masks. Our audience is all masked because you guys are protecting us because we cannot... Be masked right now, um, and, and I think you know there are times when you want you see someone, let's say on an airplane, when we had the the mask mandate, and they had the mask basically, you know, around their ears like earrings or like chin guards, and if you said anything, they would fight you about it, and this the, the flight attendants had to say stuff. So I, I just think you have this this mechanism now where you can just call and snitch and protect yourself.
0: So. I love what Joy Behar said here. I never thought I would utter that sentence, but I love what she said. She said, look, I'm Italian. We don't snitch. Snitches get stitches. Totally agree. Loyalty is very important. Discretion is very important. Rats, rats are no good. Don't be a rat. So uh, I'll give Joy Behar the point. But then just as Joy Behar makes this the first good statement, the first true statement ever uttered on The View, Sonny Hostin has to come in and completely knock it down. And she says, Yeah, but no, snitching is good in this case. In the COVID regime, it's really good. She says, You remember just a, this was now a couple of weeks ago, Patti Lapone, the Broadway performer, she had to dress down an audience member because she was up there talking without a mask on, just like we are here at The View. We're enjoying our lives, we're not wearing the masks. And whenever Joe Biden or Kamala or Liz Warren or Nancy Pelosi or Dr. Fauci himself, whenever they thought they were off camera, they weren't wearing their masks. But then they insisted that you all wear the masks all the time. But look, she had to dress someone down. Because if the dirty, filthy peasants don't put on the masks, then us good people, we might catch their germs. And then she, I I couldn't believe this. This broke news as far as I'm concerned. The audience at The View is still wearing the stupid masks. She says, look, look, you dirty, disgusting horde of peasants out there watching this show, you have to cover up because we don't want to. And we're we're the good rich people and we're on TV. And so we shouldn't have to, but you have to. And so you do it to protect us. We're not protecting you. You're, it's like on the airplanes. And then I love she uses the example of the airplane. She says on the airplanes, a lot of the times people wouldn't wear their masks right. That's true. That's true. I was that person. I did not wear the mask right on the airplane. I had it down all the time. I would take the three-hour-long sip of coffee so that I didn't have to put the stupid mask on. A lot of people did the same thing. And guess what? COVID didn't spread on the airplanes. They all told us it was going to spread on the airplanes. It didn't happen. It never happened. And now they just lifted the mask mandate. And you know what? It's fine. Everyone's totally fine. It's amazing that these libs always draw the opposite conclusions From the evidence that they're presenting. The masks on the airplanes, I think pretty clearly at this point, did not do a whole lot to stop the spread of COVID. And lifting the mask order hasn't done much just to kick off the spread of COVID. It was a dumb policy the whole time. Just like my favorite, my favorite one, my favorite version of this is when Fauci and Walensky and Biden all said, if you get, if you take this vaccine, you will not get COVID. You will not contract COVID, and you won't spread it to others. And that's and then what happens? The vaccines don't do either of those things. People who get the vaccines get COVID. They spread COVID, and then they say, "They say, well, no, but look, it's really I got COVID. I have 17 booster shots. I, I actually, I'm just hooked up to an IV of COVID vaccine, and I did come down with COVID. I currently have COVID. Thank goodness I got my shots. It would have been so much worse. And I. <laughs> Why do you think it would have been worse? Well, because all those people who were wrong about what the vaccine would do, they told me so. (laughs) Because all those people who have been lying to me for two years, shamelessly, they told me that that's true. So I believe them. Give me more shots, please, Dr. Fauci. That's what they're telling us. That's what Sonny Hostin seems to believe. A rare win for Joy Behar. In this case, be like a Joy Behar, do not be like a Sunny Host. And I think most people know this. I, I don't think people want to snitch on each other anymore. I don't think people are living in terrible fear of the COVID monster. I don't think. Unfor- some of us got it a little sooner than others. If you're listening to this show, you probably understood a little earlier on during COVID that, wait a second, this is really, seems a little bit more like a political power grab than it is a, a health measure. Okay. Uh, but some people, eventually they got it. Even some of my liberal friends and family, they, they finally kind of got it. And just as everyone is finally kind of getting it, what are they doing? They're promoting a new pandemic. There's a new pandemic. That would be the monkeypox. And there there are two stories on monkeypox right now as to how this came about. The first one is frustrating. The second one may be even scarier. (laughs) So the first one is that this past February, there was some research published on monkeypox. Uh, this was published in the scientific journal Virologica Sinica, and it said that scientists had mapped a part of the monkeypox genome to be used for detecting infections. It described monkeypox, the symptoms, uh, as a DNA virus with two manifestations, and it really went in depth mapping out the monkeypox. Guess which institute of virology published the monkeypox study? You, Two syllables, pretty close to a bat market. You know, that's the one. That's right, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So you think, man, these can't these guys lay off for like two seconds? Can't they, take a few years off, Wuhan Institute of Virology. But look, I, I don't know that this is the case. I don't know that that you know the Wuhan Institute had anything to do with monkeypox. Actually, there appears to be a more likely explanation as to where the monkeypox pandemic Uh, began. It appears to have begun at a Belgian fetish festival and an adult sauna super spreader event in Spain. Now, these headlines, you're going to see a lot of headlines like this, they're actually being a little politically incorrect. In both cases, they began at gay orgies. That's really what it is, but because the newspapers don't want to be called homophobic or whatever, they're trying to hide that. So one of the gay orgies was a Belgian fetish festival uh, that uh, described itself as open to the entire Belgian gay community. I forget the exact name of that festival. And then the other one was a, yeah, we don't, I don't have the name of it here. That's fine. I suspect you're not looking forward to attending. Uh, then the other one was at a gay bathhouse in Spain. And so uh, one of the chief uh, medical analysts for the UK Health Security Agency, this is Dr. Susan Hopkins, says, the community transmission is largely centered in urban areas, and we are predominantly seeing it in individuals who identify as gay or bisexual or other men who have sex with men. It doesn't seem like there's a ton of distinction between these three groups, but what we're saying, it's basically it's gay men and gay men who are in denial are the ones who are who are contracting this thing. People who act out on same same sex attraction. Okay. And not, not all gay guys. It's just, you know, but the ones who go to orgies uh, have a greater likelihood of uh, spreading this virus. And immediately there was a doctor at Yale who said, do not, hold on. Do not let the spread of this monkeypox turn you sex negative. Do, sex negative is the term they use. No, hold on. Do not stop it. Do not Make sure you keep going to orgies is what he's insinuating. Just be a little bit more careful. As though we're, we are so far gone in our political radicalism. we are not even permitted to say, "Hey guys, with the kind of dangerous monkey virus spreading around, maybe lay off the gay orgies for a little bit." We're not even allowed to say that. So far gone is our decadent culture. Now, speaking of our decadent culture. Speaking of allegedly liberating experiences, Will Smith just had an episode of David Letterman's new show come out. Will Smith's episode was taped before the slap heard around the world, before the Oscars when he went went up and smacked Chris Rock for telling a completely innocuous joke about Will Smith's wife. In this interview with David Letterman, uh, Will Smith describes this premonition of possibly losing his career, of possibly losing everything. And he got this premonition because he had what what he is describing as a kind of religious experience, but it wasn't an ordinary religious experience. It was because he was high on the drug ayahuasca.
2: So I'm drinking, I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden it's it's like I start seeing all of my money flying away, and my house is flying away, and my career is going away, and I'm like, ah, all right, and I'm trying to like grab for my money and my career my whole life is getting destroyed so this is your fear this is my fear, fear real and i'm in there but yeah. i'm in there and I'm, I'm just wanting to vomit and all of that and i hear a voice saying this is what the fuck it is this is what the fuck life is and i'm going ah, ah, oh shit. and i hear willow screaming daddy help me daddy how come you won't help me and i'm like i don't see you baby i don't see you and the shaman is like relax 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 and she tells me sit up she tells me sit up and then slowly i was like like i stopped caring about my money i just want to get to willow i stopped caring about my house i stopped caring about my career and I get to the point where I settle down and the voice is still at 100%. I still hear Willow screaming. My money is still flying away, but I'm going. And I'm totally calm, even though there's hell going on in my mind. When I came out of it, I realized that anything that happens in my life, I can handle it. I can handle any person I lose. I can handle anything that goes wrong wrong in my life. I can handle anything in my marriage. I can handle anything that this life has to offer me. That's part of the psychological training that happens in ayahuasca.
0: If that's what the psychological training of ayahuasca is promising Will Smith, I think he should ask for a refund because it didn't work, did it? Because not only can Will Smith quite evidently not handle anything that comes in his marriage or his professional life or anything else. He can't handle an innocent joke from a comedian about his family during an awards show, about his wife, about his actress wife, his public figure wife. He can't even handle that without losing his mind. And I don't mean just to beat up on Will Smith. This is what happens when people do a lot of drugs and do lots of crazy uh, behaviors and engage in that kind of stuff, things go bad. I have so many friends who have gotten into psychedelics and they really love psychedelics. They've tried to get me to do them. I've I've never been interested because I don't want to break my brain. You know, I'm not the brawniest guy. So if, I, if my brain breaks, then I'm kind of screwed, you know? And I said, no, no, I, I, I don't think I want that. And they said, no, man, you get these really spiritual experiences. I said, I, I know, I go to church. So I get, I get plenty of spiritual experiences. I really, and, and I know that those are not coming from some chemical that's breaking down my brain matter, but uh, from something a little bit higher, I would like to think. So no thanks, no thanks. I don't, I don't want the drugs. And every person I know, every single one who has gotten into psychedelics, has ended up worse for it. Every person I know who's really gotten into the psychedelic stuff has ended up the worse because they have done it. And they all think they're better. They all think they've seen something, but they haven't. Or maybe they have seen things, but I don't think they're seeing good things. I don't think, you know, when that voice is screaming, "This is what the f it is." I don't I don't think that's an angel yelling at you. If it's not just a hallucination, I'm not sure it's an angel that's yelling at you. "Daddy, daddy, where are you?" "Sorry, honey, I can't find you. I'm super high on drugs." I'm tripping out of my mind right now, so I can't find you, honey. This is not the thing that responsible people do. This is not the way to find some meaning in your life. People are drawn to this. because It gets us right back to what we were talking about at the top of the show. People are drawn to psychedelics and even extreme diets and even really extreme kind of uh Physical exercise, like yoga. for instance. They're drawn to yoga, not just because they like to stretch, but because they want meaning. They're drawn to yoga because yoga is actually a religious liturgy. It's a, a religious ritual. They're drawn, even something as plain as, a, as an extreme diet. Very often they're, they're, they're drawn to that because it's more natural. It's more in tune with the earth, the way we're supposed to be, the things we ought to do. And they're especially drawn to drugs for this reason and most especially the, the hallucinogenics, the psychedelics, because they think that they have a religious longing. That's totally normal. That's totally natural. Man is a religious being. But you're not going to get the right answers that way. You are not going to fill that gaping hole in your heart that you're longing for with all that stuff. You're not gonna, it, so, some people try to fill it with politics, and they turn politics into their, their greatest ultimate crusade. You're not going to fill it with politics either. I'm not saying get out of the political realm, but you you don't want to put the cart before the horse, which is what which is what Pelosi's doing, which is what all these guys are doing. They're saying I my chief object of worship is my own will, is my own desire, it's what I want. And ideally that goes along with religion and custom and culture and all this stuff. But if it doesn't, damn it, if I've got to choose between my own will and my faith, what I say is my faith, my will is going to win and I'm going to make my faith bend toward my will. Me, 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 what I want, what I want to do, me, me, me all the time. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to, which is not, just not a good thing. Before we go, just a little side note, speaking of uh, drugs, uh, we're approaching the anniversary of George Floyd's death. And just to remind you that the fake news that surrounded that event and that kicked off eight months of race riots and terrorism around the country, uh, just to remind you that that's not over, the Washington Post has tweeted out on May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was shot and killed in police custody. His death sparked outrage, wide-scale protests, and calls to change policing. Two years later, what has or hasn't changed? You know what hasn't changed? The Washington Post spreading fake news because obviously George Floyd was not shot ever at all in mean, police custody, outside of police custody. That's just completely fake. It's totally made up. They've since stealthily edited it and they won't admit they did anything wrong. This was on the page. They, they put that line on the page where they elicited reader responses to how they feel about George Floyd. These myths, these these now religious myths in the, the secular religion, of leftism, of BLM, of St. George Floyd, of all all of these things. These are the myths that will be propagated with the mouthpieces of this establishment, and they're going to keep pushing it. That is their faith. They have got the zeal of a crusader, okay? And it's, it's no surprise that when your religion contradicts them, they're coming after your religion. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. Editor and Associate Producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate Producer, Justine Turley. Audio Mixer, Mike Coromina. And Hair and Makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. John Bickley here, Daily Wire Editor-in-Chief. Wake up every morning with our show, Morning Wire,
2: where we bring you all the news that you need to know in 15 minutes or less. Join me and my co-host, Georgia Howe, for daily coverage of all the biggest stories on Morning Wire.